Thank God we are celebrating Easter together in the house of God and His power is ready and available to you today, right here and right now. Hallelujah! And something good is about to happen. I need at least five people that will preach with me, that will take the words of God by faith and say, I am coming head out. Come on, I'm the head and not the tail. Let me just quickly start off by saying, because of what Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross, I am no longer a victim. I am vict I'm victor. Come on. I'm victorious. I'm more. I'm not just a conqueror. I said, I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I said, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. What He has done for me on the cross, I'm no longer part of the curse of the law. The curse of the law and its power has been broken off my life. I have received a new DNA from God. And God's plans for me is to prosper, to have a hope, and to have a future. It does not matter what happens around the world. Jesus says, I'm going to prosper you. I'm putting my hand upon your life, and I'm giving you a future. Hallelujah! You better tell hell this morning that from now on, I'm only the head, never the tail. I'm moving forward, never backwards. I'm the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah! Jesus Christ, what He has done for me, became my re eternal reward. I'm not walking here with my head down. The Bible says He's the glory and the lifter of your head. Let every demon in hell hear me. I am victorious. I am what God says I am. Hallelujah! You better tell yourself that this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Come on, somebody in this house, shout hallelujah. Yes. We are not walking out of this place defeated, broke. We are not walking out of this place the way we came. Listen, you can say, Vessel, I've been rejected my whole life. It stops right now. Why do I say this? Because when you gave your life to Jesus, all the rejection, all the pain, all the loss died with Christ. I am a new, woo, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. All my wrongs is no more wrong. Jesus made everything right. Tell your neighbor everything is going to be okay. I want to speak to people right now that believes that the blood of Jesus still carries power. I'm speaking to people who believe that the blood of Jesus still carries power. Come on. When we preach the gospel in its simplicity, the, the plainest way possible, that's when power starts to flow. Power does not come because we read the Bible from the book of First Opinion, chapter 2 and verse 7. Power comes because we preach the gospel, unadulterated gospel, as pure and as plain as Jesus has put it. That's when the power of God comes. Now I'm getting to the good stuff. The scripture says, whom the Son of Man sets free. Oh, no, 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 no. Whom the Son of Man sets free. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Wow. There's the problem with our theology. Our problem with our theology, I've read it over and over and over. I can't find the word to be continued. I can only read it. 
is finished. So when you give your life to Jesus, there is something that happens. What happens? My life for His. Absolutely, when you give your life to Jesus, there's instantly, instantly, something that happens. Bondages are being broken. The captives are being set free. Instantly. Whoa, I better preach. When Paul experienced Jesus on the road of Damascus, the Bible says he was, he was blind for three days. When the scales fell from his eyes, he preached immediately. What happened? He had a transformation because now he received salvation. When you receive salvation, he sets you free. Listen to me, drug addict, you that's depressed, woo, and possessed. When you meet Jesus, every demon in hell steps out of you. I try to leave my stuff. That's the problem. You try. Allow the Holy Ghost to step in and say, I'm clearing out every fault, every iniquity, every sin from your life. Let me remind you what Jesus did for us on the cross. When Jesus died, grace came in. Grace is not a ticket to sin. Let me speak to this side. Oh my God. What happens is there's a divine exchange. Under the law, you were reminded constantly. You had to check your back. Am I still walking in the framework of God? Am I still walking in the laws? But what grace says, and I'm no longer giving you this. I'm giving you a person that reminds you of your righteousness in God. He will come and He will remove the lust of the flesh and the filth of the eyes from your heart. He will put a new spirit in you. He will create a new heart in you. So that you don't do the things of the flesh no more. Grace is not sinning and asking for forgiveness. And tomorrow sinning again. People say, Pastor, what about a love? Let me teach you love. Love without chastisement is hate. Chastisement without love is hate too. Chastisement and love walks hand in hand. For God says, I chastise those who I love. Grace is not doing whatever I want to do because His grace is sufficient. That scripture is not for the Christians. Ooh, it's getting quiet here. He says, we sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Not for us. I thought that we are long, put, long done with sin. Sin have no more dominion over you. You didn't get that. If the Bible says sin has no more dominion over you, then it means where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. It's not for us. We are no longer part of the curse of sin. He teaches the sinner, you come as you are, because the worse you look, the greater my grace will cover you and set you on high. Now I have a person that knocks on my heart's doors. Don't do that. You're better than that. Not the one with, that brings condemnation, but the one who brings remembrance of your righteousness. Hallelujah. He's the one who makes you bold. He's the one that sets you aside and apart from the rest of the world. Thank God for grace. I said, thank God for grace. Now I don't have to abide by laws written on a tablet, but His laws is written on my heart because I have a new heart. I have a new spirit. By the way, Hebrews says, after you sin willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, you've crucified Jesus Christ afresh. 
insulting the spirit of grace, trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot. That's what the book of Hebrews teaches. So grace doesn't mean I do whatever I want and just ask for forgiveness. He says, you've known the truth. You spat in his face. You trampled the blood of Jesus underfoot. You insulted the spirit of grace. So, so grace is not do whatever you want to do. Grace is a man taking my place on Calvary's cross, dying for me. Come on, dying on the cross. I'm speaking to somebody right now. He said to his, uh, his apostles and his disciples, he said, it's better if I go. Because if I go, I'll send you a helper. What happened? So this Jesus, by the way, grace stepped in. And he said, you don't have to die on that cross. I'll take your punishments, your sin, your iniquity, your sickness. I will die for you. And what I will do is, I'll make my grand entrance into heaven. Because in Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was, out, was poured out, it was like a telegram that hit the whole world. That basically said, Jesus has arrived and the sacrifice is accepted. And through that... He gave us a man that lives in us, not a feeling. I hate it when people say, something told me. It's not a something, it's a someone. It's a person. His job is to be within you for sanctification and holiness. Hear me. Trying to live holy without the Holy Spirit is works. With the Holy Spirit in you, He works your salvation out for you. This is why Paul says you have to work out your own salvation. People say there's no work to my salvation. Paul says, work it out. So many people go back to sin because there's no Holy Spirit here. Amen. Just quickly, then I'm getting to do it. I don't know why I said this. It was not in my notes, but <laughs> let's continue. God wants you to hear this. I said, God wants you to hear this. So many people today is going to be set free by the power of God. Hallelujah. Shout yes if you believe that. You see, Satan comes to chain. That's what the Bible says. He comes to chain and contain but Jesus comes to release and increase Satan comes to chain and contain but Jesus comes to set you free to release and increase this is why the Bible says the thief cometh not only just he comes only to steal kill and destroy but I have come to do what to give you life and life in abundance, life to the overflow, life that you will have more than enough, that you will lack nothing. I understand fully today why Paul could have uttered the words, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Because Jesus took death on him. My goodness. Hallelujah. They tried to stop the church not celebrating what Christ has done for us. I want you to say this again and again, and if you heard, you've heard it a million times in this church, you'll hear it a million times more, that there's only one way to salvation. There's only one name, one name. There's only one name given through which a man should be saved. It's not the Apostle Paul. It's not the Archangel Gabriel. Come on, it's not, it's not, your, it's not your high priest. It's, it's not your apostle. It's not your prophet. It is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. What people tend to forgive, forget is when Jesus Christ died on the cross after his resurrection, two things happened. Two things happened. The Bible says he sat next to the Father. In other words, he received a position of authority equally to the Father. Number two, he has received a name which is above every other name. It's higher than cancer. Yes. Yes. Hear me right now. Christ in you. 
the hope of glory. In other words, say with me, Christ in you. One more time. You can do better than that. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in me. Say it again. Christ in me. What does this mean? Christ in me is greater than the cancer in you. It's greater than the woo! It's greater than the aches in you. It's greater than the TB in you. And yes, I say this. He's greater than COVID in Jesus' name. There's a name. There's a name. I said there's a name. There's a name, brothers. There's a name. There's a name. Woo! There's a name. And that name will never lose its power. I said that name will never lose its power. Depression, hear me. There's a name. Whoa. This is why they fear that name. They try to mock that name. They use that name as a foul language, as a cursing. But as I stand before you, hear the word of God. The day is coming that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me just build a basis. He's not a way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. There's no other highways and byways. Every highway besides Jesus leads to hell. It's destruction. The devil came to bind you up, to strip you of your life. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and everything that you touch it abundantly. Woo! Why is there so many sad faces in this building today? He's not dead. We celebrate what he has done. He's not dead. I have a proof in the scriptures that he's seated next to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Tell your legs hallelujah. Tell your feet hallelujah. Tell your arms hallelujah. Tell your fingers hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Come on, tell your neighbor, hallelujah. Tell your Bible, hallelujah. Tell your finances, hallelujah. Come on, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm not going to be long. Give me four more hours. As I preach faith to you today, chains are breaking. I said, chains are breaking. When I said that, I heard Barabbas. Barabbas was chained. And they said, who do you choose? Do you choose Jesus, the Son of God, by the way? Or do you choose Barabbas, a murderer? Come on, a thief. Who do you choose? Barabbas thought it was the people setting him free. Oh, no, it was love. Oh, it was love. Love set him free. When they remove those bondages from his arms, he thought it's because the people set him free. Lest he did not know whom the Son of Man sets free. is free indeed. Because Barabbas represents the church. We come with murderous hearts in his presence. I've never murdered anybody. If you hate, you're a murderer. A thief. You don't have to take something physically. If you steal your eyes. 
Woo, I'm, I'm getting deep now. People ask me, they say, what about the Ten Commandments? Listen, Moses had 613 laws. Jesus had more than 800 commandments. I'm getting there. But thank God for His grace. At one moment, Jesus could have called out a legion of angels. But when He saw Barabbas, He saw the church. He saw the condition that we will be in. Jesus set Him free. It was love. I said, it was love that set Him free. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? I want you to shout, Jesus is seated. Jesus is seated. At the right hand of the Father. Shout with me, He received. A name, a name which is above, which is above. Every, other name. every other name. I want you to open up your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 3. Thank you. Acts chapter 3. And we're going to start to read from verse 12. In actual fact, let me just jump a, a few back. Acts chapter 3. You can just keep your finger there, I'll, I'll show you. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, let's start to read there. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. I want you to stop there and look at me quickly. Peter believed in prayer. Peter had prayer meetings. The church had prayer meetings. That's why they were powerful. That's why they were men of boldness, men of authority. Because they spent time what, doing what? Praying. It's time that the church comes back in a position where the church prays like never before. I believe the reason why they locked down the church is because the church has become prayerless. When the church becomes a pr praying bomb, it's an unstoppable force. For God is raising up an army of people that knows how to pray. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms. From those who entered the temple. Pause there quickly. I, I just have to throw this in. His mother was not stupid. His mom placed him at the gate where the church people have to walk past. She knew the church people is going to help. Did you go? This was the gate that they walked through to go to the temple. So she knew if I put him at the temple's gate, there's going to be provision. They will provide. I just had to say that. Nothing in this, in this Bible happens by chance. Said so the man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Now his mom carried him there, his dad, whatever. And whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. That's faith. Look at us. So he gave them his attention and he has the biggest thing ever expecting to receive something from them how many people in this place is expecting to receive something when your eyes is fixed or maybe you're on this side how many of you came expecting to receive something well 10 of you then peter said silver and gold i do not have but what I do have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles bones received strength. I want to go back to the, the one that I was supposed to read. That's from verse 12. Now, eventually the scripture says, So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people because they marveled. The people marveled. Why is this guy healed? How does this happen? So Peter saw it. He responded to the people, men of Israel. Why do you marvel at this? 
or why look so intently at us as, as through our own power and godliness we made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One. In other words, you denied your own Messiah. You rejected your own Messiah. The Jews were waiting for the Messiah to come. Yes, Peter is saying, he came already and you rejected him. You denied him. By the way, this is Peter the denier speaking. He denied Jesus. He said, I don't know him. He denied him. Now he's rebuking men that has denied Christ. The reason why he could have said that is because he tasted salvation. Basically what he was saying is, you are exactly what I used to be like. But there's a better way. And you can't reject the Messiah. You can't reject the only one king. For when he steps in, he brings with him the glory and the manifestation from heaven. And he sets the captives free. But you rejected him. You rejected the holy servant of God. I'm speaking to somebody. You denied the Holy One and the just, and you asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You killed the Prince of Life. I like the next one. Whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and His name, through faith in His name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Him has given Him His perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of His prophets, that Christ would suffer, He has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of His holy prophets since the world began. Now, Peter made a statement. He said, the only true answer, you denied Him. The, uh, the world's only true hope, you rejected Him. The Holy One of God, the Messiah, you rejected Him. He said, you, you did it out of ignorance. So many people today who still reject Jesus, rejects Him out of ignorance. You see, I hate this when people think that Jesus is part of a religious clan. He's got nothing to do with religion. He's in relationship. And by the way, relationship does not mean I can hurt and do whatever I want to do. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you hurt them, it's not relationship. Relationships mean I don't hurt them. The same with Jesus. People say, well, it's not, you know, grace because it's not religion in a relationship. We, we are messed up. This is a messed up society. They rejected Christ. They still do. And they do it out of ignorance. You say, I want, I want to take you back to this and then we're going to get right back. The Bible says, the Son of Man sets you free. You are free indeed. This means, and yes, I say this again. You don't need to see a doctor. I'm going to have to see a psychologist about this. You know, it just, stuff just getting, doesn't get better. Have you tried Jesus? I want to stop smoking, but I, I thought I'm going to put this patch on my chest. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. You don't need a patch. You don't need to scratch. 
You just need to latch on Him. And He will sustain you. He will set you free. Depression. I was a, a depression sufferer for many years. Until the Lord said to me, I have given you the authority to beat this thing. Lord, help me know. I've given you the authority. Use it. You spirit of depression, I command you, let me go. And never come back. And bang, depression left. Pray for my husband. He's an alcoholic. No, your husband needs to touch the hem of the garment of Christ. Whom the son... And it's not, my husband is drinking 12 bottles, but I, he, he's better now, he's on 11. <laughs> We're doing it slowly, you know. And then eventually you end up with non-alcoholic beers. No, 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 no. You, 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 you missed. The, the Bible says, whom? The son of man sets free. You lose your desire for all the things of this world. You don't want to look like this world. You don't want to talk like this world. You don't want to sound like this world. Why? Because I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Wow. There's no high like the most high. I said there's no high like the most high. I've spent my whole life laboring in the God for the gospel's sake laying down my life it's worth it people there's nothing that this world can give you that can satisfy the hunger and the thirst in you shout hallelujah I said shout hallelujah one more time so you don't need antidepressants I see so many men drinking antidepressants it's not gonna work it's only for the aunties antidepressant And the more the aunties drink it, the more depressed they get. Aunties have got a better pull. It's called the gospel. Jesus is his name. And if he grabs a hold of your life, he will never let you go. Hear me right now. If Jesus takes a hold of your life, he's not letting you go. Vessel, what if the symptoms comes back? Then you tell those symptoms to whom you belong. You tell that symptoms, I am the blessed of the Lord. And by His stripes, I'm healed. You don't worship the symptoms. You don't sit and tell yourself how bad it's getting. You tell yourself how good God is. How faithful, how merciful. And when you direct it to Him, pains are gone. I'm speaking to you. The reason why people are depressed because we don't deal with the demon behind it. We feed the problem. We feed the darkness. Instead of saying there's a light, they try to kill him. He's alive today. And when light steps in, darkness must flee. This is why, let me just say this boldly. I'm not a, so many people send me messages on Facebook. Do you know somebody that you can refer us to that can help us with deliverance? My goodness, just come here. Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll be set free by the power of God. We're not going to take you seven weeks of deliverance and asking who's your mother and his grandmother. We teach you the word of God. For the Son of Man, when He steps in, He sets you free. Amen. Study Jesus and His deliverance ministry. It walked hand in hand with the gospel. So what do you say, Vessel? Deliverance is not for, this, for the selected few. It's for those who believe. 
In my name, they will cast out demons. They will raise the dead. They will cleanse the lepers. They will heal the sick. For who? For the selected few? No. Everybody that believes. Jesus did not raise up Peter and said, Peter, you just pray for the sick. But John, you're the one with deliverance, brother. I'm giving you the deliverance. No, 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 no. The power of God is not divided. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to do the works that I have done, Jesus says, and even greater works than these. Why is it so quiet when I touched on deliverance? You know the truth. Jesus says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We make deliverance such a big ministry. It's yeah, my goodness. It's just part of the gospel. And let me tell you, why is it part of the gospel? Because when Jesus cried out, it is finished. He meant that every demonic oppression and possession is done away with. Done away with. Done away with. He, said, he did not say to be continued. My God, listen to me. He did not say, I'll be back in seven days. I'll try this again. He said, it is finished. The fulfillment of the word has come. I have taken every brokenness, every sickness, every sin, all iniquity, every rejection, every loneliness, every pain, every disease, whatever you face, I became that and I said it is finished. I paid the penalty. I paid the price. You are free. Now look at me quickly. We, we celebrate Passover the whole week. Do you know why we did? If you were here last week, you understand. Passover was the time of celebration where God released Israel from the clutches of Egypt. In other words, it was a week of liberation. This was the week where God took them to the Red Sea. This was the week where Moses lifted up his rod. Hear me. Help me preach here. He lifted up his rod. What happened? It was the same week, years after, where they lifted up the cross of Calvary. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This was the week where the water parted and they started walking, come on, on dry ground. Dry ground. It's the same week where God says, remind yourselves, I have opened up a door which no man can shut. I make a way through the wilderness. He set Israel free. So Passover is a week of celebration where we are reminded that the blessings of Abraham no longer a slave. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer sick. Who was here last week? You will remember what I said. No longer sick. No longer destroyed. No longer broken. He said, whom the Son of Man says free, is free indeed. This is why we celebrate the whole Passover. This was the same week where God brought deliverance to Egypt. So why are people still in bondage? You don't have to be in bondage. I want you to say this with me. I don't have to be in bondage. It was for freedom that we've been set free. Hallelujah. 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 Can we go on? You know what the devil don't realize is they were so confused when Jesus was born. So confused. They did not know who was the right one. This is why they killed all the babies, boys. Up to six months of age. 
so that they can make sure to kill the right one. Because as true as it is, the Messiah is coming to take back the authority that they once lost in the Garden of Eden. The only thing that Satan could have said was really, we'll kill a whole race. We'll kill a whole bloodline and maybe we will get to the right Messiah. What he did not know was God is always one step ahead. Oh, I said, God is always one step ahead. And he sent an angel in the night. And he said, it's time to move over to Egypt. Go back to Egypt. Go back to Egypt. And they, they, stroke, they struck the children. They died. But they could not get to Jesus. He grew up. They did not know who they crucified. The scripture says, if they knew who they crucified, they would have never crucified the Lord of hosts. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter that angels don't even understand the gospel. They, look in, they try to look into it. We understand the secret things of God which angels only desire to look into. It was Jesus who said by himself, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Like lightning. In other words, I told him exactly where his position is. People of God, hear me right now. I am not from this world. Oh, you better hear me right now. I am not of this world. What God says, I struck him from heavenly places to put my people there. Because he says, you are hidden in Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. So the authority that God has given to the church, he stripped Satan from it. Please look me in the eye. In the garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, God already said to Satan where his authority will be. He says, you will be lower than the cattle. Every time I drive past a cow, I know that I know that, that cow has more authority than the devil. You know, in America, when, when I drove out that plenty of demons out of that guy, and the devil said, I'm not coming out. He's mine. I was laughing at the devil, really. I said, you know, you're a liar. <laughs> you know you lie. Why is the devil saying, I'm not coming out? He knows he's coming out. He can't say, oh yes, I'm coming out. He's a liar. There's no truth in him. I told that devil, can I remind you of your authority? Lower than a cow. <laughs> Hear me right now. There's a reason why God said he will only bruise the heel. But you will crush his head. Then, listen to me. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. So God threw Satan from heaven before Adam and Eve sinned. That was pre-Adam. He, he saw Satan fall like lightning. Satan was the one who made worship in heaven. Did you know that? He was the worship leader in heaven. The Bible says that Lucifer was created with music instruments on the inside of him. He was the one leading worship. I can say this boldly. This is why most churches, the attacks come from the worship team. It's because when Satan can attack your worship team, he can get to the heart of God. Because he's angry. He was the one that was supposed to lead worship. He can't do it no more. He does not have the authority no more. This is why Jesus says, I'm not looking for people who will worship me from the flesh. I'm seeking true worshipers that will worship from spirit and in truth. Why? Because Satan is even looking in at how God's people are worshiping. Some worship him like this. Some like this. Some look at, 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 at the situations. But God says, the hour is here right now where the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth like it should be from the beginning of time then Satan 
brought Eve into such a place where she questioned the word of God. She felt she sinned. And the scripture says they lost the keys and the authority to the kingdom. And this is why Jesus died on the cross. And I'm getting to the good stuff now. I'm just building up. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So Luke chapter 10, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw him fall like lightning. I saw him fall like lightning. Jesus did not even cast him out. Michael casted him out. Imagine if Michael cast out Jesus. Do you think Satan is a battle for Jesus? My goodness. You know who you're dealing with? He's not as clever as you think, people. And I want to say this free of charge. Satan can't read your mind. The only thing that Satan can do is he sees what you do. Can't read your mind. He's not God. He's not creator. He was created. Say hallelujah. So don't say Satan made me to sin. The Bible says he who sins is of the devil. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. Now, before we read, I want to explain something to you. Every single year, and in Passover, they had to present a lamb before God. Because the Bible says, if there's no blood, there's no remission of sin. Something had to die, so that there had to be a sacrifice. This is why when a leper wanted to be cleansed, there's certain things that he did. He had cedar wood, and he had hyssop, and he had two doves. And, and yet, and what he had to do is one of the doves, they had to sacrifice the other dove that they released. One spoke about the, the death of Jesus Christ. The other one speaks about the resurrection. They mingled the blood. They took scarlet and mingled it all together. Because what scarlet represents is the sufferings of Christ. Hallelujah. And, and, and the, the cedars represents the cross. And when they mixed it together, they, would, they were anointing the earlobes, the fingers, and the toes. So there will always had to be blood that had to be shed. So year after year, this high priest had to go in and represent the sacrifice unto God. And they did it. Year after year, went into the Holy of Holies. If God did not allow the sacrifice, the high priest died. And they had to pull him out with a rope. They couldn't walk in. I, listen to me. Thank God for what Jesus has done for us. I said, thank God what Jesus has done for us. They knew from the beginning of time that man will break the law. Man will go to hell. Man will suffer because of sin. Man is deemed to suffer. And Jesus knew that if he does, he does not become the perfect sacrifice, man is doomed. Imagine this. Just before John baptized Jesus, he looked up. He said, this is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. I want you to hear me right now. I, I try to get this as clear as I can. Here's John saying, look at him. This is the Lamb of God. When John saw him, he immediately knew this is the Lamb of God. When he stood in front of Pilate, Pilate mocked him. He took him in front of people. He said, behold the man. What it means was, he basically said, Jesus is pathetic. You're afraid of this guy? He means nothing. So hear me. When John saw him, he saw him as the Lamb of God. I can just imagine the purity that he experienced. The glory he experienced. He knew exactly in his heart it was, it was made up. This is the one who will take the sin of the world. When he stood before Pilate, Pilate said, Behold a man. What Jesus was doing was, he was just making himself less. He was just meek, gentle. 
and he, and he did not open his mouth, behold the man. But when he's coming back, people of God, he's not coming as a man. He's not coming as the, as the lamb. He's coming back as the lion with fire in his eyes, with a sword in his hand. When he returns, he's not returning on a donkey. He's returning on a horse. The Bible says he will return very soon. We will look up to the eastern sky and we will see the glory of God. The one who takes away the sin of the world. This is what Hebrews 9 says. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood. With His own blood. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of, and of bulls and goats and the ashes of, of a hyphen sprinkling the unclean sanctifies the puring of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the mighty and living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. People, when Jesus died on the cross, when he, was, when he died on the cross, he presented his own blood before the mercy seat of God. Can you imagine walking into heaven, pouring out the blood on the mercy seat and say, is this enough? And do you know what happened? Is this enough? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. What do you mean, Vessel? Let me explain. Old Testament, the high priest had bells around him. He will walk into the Holy of Holies presented the lamb. If they heard the bells, ling, 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 the sacrifice was accepted. If not, the bells were no longer ringing, he died. Then they will take him with the, the, the rope that is around his waist. They will pull him out. What happened was when Jesus entered into heaven and he took the blood and he sprinkled it over the mercy seat. Acts chapter 2, the bells were ringing. There came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. What does this mean? When Jesus said, it is finished! God says, I can just imagine this is the time where God the Father stood up. <sighs> stood up. And he said, Holy Spirit, go and empower my church. And bring into remembrance all the things that Jesus has done. No longer do I see the wickedness and the pain. I see the blood. When Jesus stepped into the mercy seat, when he stepped in front of God and he took the blood and he poured it out on the mercy seat, that telegram rang around the world. Jesus has arrived. Sins has been forgiven. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Every brokenness, every hurt, every loneliness. This is why I have a scripture for everything. You can say, Vessel, I'm lonely. He says, you'll never be alone. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Why? Because I took loneliness on the cross. I crushed it. My goodness.
Thank you, Jesus. Come, Hebrews 9, 23. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. In other words, there was a tabernacle on the earth with all the furniture, exactly the same. It's in heaven. All right? For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true. In other words, everything on the earth was copied of what's really true in heaven. So what, when God told him to build the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies, what God was actually saying is this is exactly what it looks like in heaven. I want you to make a copy of it. Which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. I'm getting to the good stuff. Not that he should offer himself often, as high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. In other words, Jesus became the perfect high priest. He does not need to be crucified over and over and over. His blood is so powerful, he paid it once. I said he paid it once. And you'll never have to pay it again. In other words, what Jesus did was, the scripture says, He is alive to be a mediator for us. So what happened when Jesus was pouring out the blood over the mercy seat, He took His seat next to the Father. And this is why He says, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I shall give unto you. Because now I'm perfect mediator. Every time I ask the Father in the name of Jesus, heaven is reminded of the covenant that Jesus made with me and with you. This is why Jesus says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, it's done. Why? Because I'm seated right next to Him. I'm mediating for you. He's alive forever to do what? To intercede for us. To mediate for us. My goodness. I want you to understand this. I'll, I'll go deep on this maybe Sunday. This is why Christians born again never have to go and say the sinner's prayer over and over and over and over. When you're born again, there's no longing to sin. I see so many Christians over and over, week after week. Ooh, I'm backslidden. Give me, Lord, I want to. It's not what the Lord wants you to do. When you give your life to Jesus, there's an the exchange. All this filthiness, poof, gone. He puts a new heart in you. Suddenly it's no longer, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. Suddenly it's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to go there. Why? Because there's a man in me that keeps me holy. Hallelujah. So now, when you're born again, you don't wake up in the morning and say, Today is the day I'm going to lie. I'm going to take some money while I'm at it. Come on. I'm going to cheat. How many Christians do that? Did I put Linky? A white lie. There's nothing white about a lie. A lie is as black as it gets. Why black? Oh, he's a racist. Nah. Darkness, brothers. You know, man. It's, it, it, it's dirty. It's dark. There's nothing white about a lie. So when you're born again, there's no such thing as every day waking up, Oh Lord, I need to repent again today, Lord. Oh, I've been a bad boy. It's impossible. 
Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. So the desire to, to sin is no longer there. So what do we do? If, say for instance, I get angry. I can get angry. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Nothing wrong to be angry. The problem is when you sin. So you get angry and then you say, so hard clap. It's all long. Come on, help me out now. You just drive and a taxi goes before you. And he will say, more Let me tell you about your mama. Okay? You have not planned it. You did not wake up in the morning and say, today's the day I'm going to tell the taxi off. Come on, why are everybody so silent? Have you noticed we don't wear masks in this church? Some people do. Just do this. Oh, there goes the mask. Okay. So nobody wakes up in the morning and says, today is the day I'm going to sin. Then you're not born again. I said, then you're not born again. So say for instance, something happens and suddenly you get angry, but you've sinned. It's not sin that will be held accountable to you. No, no, okay. He says, if you know to do right and you do wrong, it's sin. Now, let me explain to you. Now, you know to steal is wrong. You're born again. And you want to take money from your job. And you will always hear a person. Don't do it. It's not yours. All right? Conscious. Don't do it. Don't take the money. It's not yours. Then you do it in any case. That's sin. That's sin. You can leave a million bucks here right now. I will walk past you will not move me. You can put a hundred million rand. Why? Because there's no sin in me. Why is it quiet? There's no sin in me. It's not going to move me to steal. So say for instance, now I get, I get, so you can't say, I've stealed, I can steal much per ongeluk. I'm not talking about that kind of sin. Hello. I'm talking about, you became angry and you wanted to kill somebody. That's what you can do. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt you today. Thank you that I'm reminded of my righteousness of you. And suddenly you'll feel the presence of God back. Hallelujah. Are you ready for what's coming to your life? You've got no idea what's coming to your life. Your life felt like a roller coaster the last couple of months, but God is going to restore everything to you. Everything. And, and I, I sense this a time of peace, tremendous peace in your life. Peace that surpasses all understanding. All understanding. You know, this Jesus whom you love so much will become more real and more real and more real to you. And more real to you. More real. There's so many stuff that you don't understand why it's happening, why it's going on. But in this hour, the Lord is going to show Himself to you. And He's going to prove Himself to you as glorious. Yes, I will say this. Don't let anybody put you down. Never. Never worry about where you come from, where you walked in the past. Don't ever let people pull you down. God is not done with you. When God is really done with you, your enemies will come to you and say, Surely your God is alive. Surely your God is alive. And I believe right now is the time of acceleration. Father, let it happen right now. This very second, I'm declaring this to, you, to this woman in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, dig into her heart. Your word says you are the one who reveals the secret of man's heart in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear me. Be very careful, when, especially when it comes to man. God will send you the right guy. Don't just want to marry. Don't just want to run into a relationship. Don't do that. Wait for God's perfect timing. The reason I tell you that and not to anybody else is because there's greatness on your life. And the wrong guy is going to mess the plans of God completely up. I don't know why I say this to you. I needed to say this. Does this make sense to you? Does it make, it make sense to you? God is speaking to you. There's such a, such a presence of the Lord on you. Lord, I thank you. Today's the day. 
touch this precious woman of God in Jesus name let them never be the same again I give you praise for this I give you praise for this give him the glory now I can imagine when they crucified Christ Satan was laughing we've got him we've got him and then suddenly here's Jesus in the underworld and I'll get there on Sunday. He took back the keys of the kingdom. He went into heaven. I can just hear thundering. Can you hear it? Can you imagine it? Come on, just imagine. Can we try to get some thunder there? There's thunder in heaven. As Jesus stepped in and he stood before the mercy seat of the Father, pouring out his blood. I can just imagine Satan running around frantically. I thought he's dead. I thought we killed him. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now when he hung on the cross, he whispered, uttered three words that the devil cannot get over. It is finished. You better hear me. Jesus did not die because of all the blood loss. He did not die because of Pilate's insults. He did not die about, of what the Jews did against him and all the spitting in his face. He said, my father gave me the power to lay down my life and to pick it up again. When he knew, he took all the sin. This includes rapists, murderers, adulterers, it includes everything. It means it includes all the sickness and disease, even stuff that our governments try to, to, to get to. The COVID, the COVID. Jesus already died for the COVID. He already died for the SARS. He died for it. He took it all. And when he knew every law has been fulfilled, every curse has been broken, Every loneliness has been defeated. He knew the last enemy is going to be defeated now. And he whispered, or he uttered those three words. I want you to hear me right now. Before he cried out, he's finished. He cried out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? This means that he took loneliness on him. Come on. And he cried out, it is finished. When Jesus said that, he did not say to be continued. Jesus does not need to go to the cross to die for your life again. He did it. Say with me, He did it. Yeah. Say with me, He did it. Yeah. It's done. The shackles has been broken. He has taken the authority of, of death upon His life and He crushed it. This is why right now we can say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? If you are a child of God, hear me, and you die in Jesus Christ, you're going to go into heaven's paradise to be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. I can imagine when a child of God steps in. Oh, the trumpet is playing. Da -da -da -da. Jesus shouting, make way, my son has returned home. This is why Jesus told the thief hanging next to him, from this day, he will be with me in paradise. Your body goes into the ground, people, but your, your spirit man and your soul is alive forever. Forever. And the Bible said at the end of the age, you're going to receive a new body. Even those in hell will receive a new body. They will burn. Their physical body will burn. And, and skin will grow back and it will burn again and skin will grow back again. Same in heaven. You're going to get a new body that never age. Oh, hallelujah. No more Botox. No more cream peas. 
There will be no spot nor wrinkle. Hallelujah. A body that will be there forever and forever in the presence of God. And it cannot age. Why? Because time does not exist. Jesus does not sit in time. He's so big that time consists in Him. And when we get to Him, there's no more time. My God, when Jesus died on the cross, my debt was paid forever. Shout hallelujah. Come on. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, when Jesus died for me on the cross, my debt was paid forever. Come on, when he died on the cross, I am justified. You better shout justified. The Bible says when he died for me on the cross, I am perfectly forgiven. Perfectly forgiven. I don't care what people think about me. My way to salvation is not through your backyard. It came through Jesus Christ. It came through the shedding of the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Bye. He stripes, I am healed. I am healed. When he died on the cross, I was perfectly cleansed. The Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. Shout yes. When he died on the cross, he gave me the power to overcome the enemy. I have the power. Listen, yes, Holy Spirit. You know, you have to understand this. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has given you the power to overcome the enemy. You can't resist the devil until you have submitted to God. You have to learn how to submit to God. And when you submit to God, you have the authority and the power to resist the devil. How is it possible? Through the man called the Holy Spirit living in me. Resist the devil. So shout with me, I have the power to overcome the enemy. When Jesus died on the cross, I'm no longer part of the curse of the law. Blessed beyond the curse. Come on, say blessed beyond the curse. And I have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Now I have access. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to the Holy of Holies. I don't have to go there not feeling good enough. Jesus made me good enough. Come on somebody. You will always hear the devil says you can't go into the presence of God. You're angry at your husband. You can't go there. Come on, be honest. He don't need with the pan geslaan. He can't but That's what people do. I feel so guilty. I can't pray. That's a lie. Jesus redeemed you. I said, Jesus made you good enough. You were created for the Holy of Holies. I feel the presence of Jesus. Lift your hands quickly. Come on. His presence is here right now. Right now. He's touching His people gloriously. It was for freedom that we have been set free. When Jesus said, it is finished. You said, this is the defeat of Satan. This is the cancellation of the reign of death. This is the cancellation of sin's power. This is bodily healing for all. This is the power that will break the powers of sin and darkness. Hallelujah. Now, before I finish, he says he's mediator. What does this mean? He represents me in heaven right now. And I represent Him on earth right now. This is why He says, the works that I've done, and even greater than these will you do. Because I go to my Father. 
Lift your hands one more time. Come on. The Lord is going to heal people. He's going to set people free. He's going to destroy bondages. He's going to break the power of darkness. He's going to break guilt and shame of your life. I just feel this to say this to you that you're at the right place at the right time this morning. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here to celebrate what Jesus has done for you on Calvary's cross. I want to tell you, you are victorious and you are coming out of this better than you entered in. I want to remind you of your righteousness in Christ. I want to remind you who you are. You are royalty. You are kings and priests in the kingdom of God. I want to remind you that you are the head and not the tail. I want to remind you that you are blessed beyond the curse. Blessed when you sit down. Blessed when you stand up. Blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. Wherever you put your hand, God will cause you to prosper. You are the beloved. Come on. The apple of His eye. Let me tell you right now. He loves you so much that He died in your place. He gave up His life willingly so that we can be absolutely free. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hand. Come on. All across this place. Lowest valley And it flows To the lowest valley It's the blood That gives me strength From day to day It will never lose Its power for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley oh it's the blood the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power and hold the blood of Jesus. Hold the blood of Jesus singing all the blood of Jesus it washes whiter than the snow oh there is power there is power in the blood of Jesus there is power in the blood of Jesus oh this power power in the blood of Jesus it washes whiter than the snow there is healing there is healing in the blood of jesus 
Jesus. Oh, there's healing. Healing in the blood. In the blood of Jesus. Oh, there's healing in the blood. Oh, of Jesus. It washes whiter than the snow. Singing oh the blood. Of Jesus, oh the blood. Oh, come on, that blood is still speaking for you. That blood is still crying out for you. Come on, continue. Oh, the blood. Oh, that blood still saves you. It still sets you free. You have to decide in which reality you will live. In what you've been or what you've become. Love those hands. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, today it's the blood, the blood that gives me strength from day. Today it will never lose its power. Now I want to speak to three groups of people today. Today I want to speak to the first group of people who've come to this church. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never accepted Him publicly as Lord and your Savior. Scripture says today is the day for salvation. Then I want to speak to a group of people who've given your life to the Lord, but you've backslidden. You're so cold. You don't serve God like you used to serve Him. Maybe something happened. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost your business. You went into a place of your life of deep depression and you just love. You lost your love for the Lord. Third group of people, I want to speak to people that says, Vesel, I want to make sure today my life is right with the Lord. You see, it's every eye is closed. You hear me? I want to ask every eye to be closed, every head to be bowed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. An hour from now is not guaranteed. You can't say I'm too young or I'm too old. Jesus says if you reject me before man, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. You don't have to live with depression and defeat. You don't have to live in bondage and brokenness. If Christ sets you free, you are free indeed. You see, the blood is still speaking. The blood is still crying from the earth for your life, for your situation right now. If you are one of the three people, one of the three groups, group number one, I want to give my life to Jesus the very first time. Group number two, Vesel, I'm backslidden, I'm cold, I need to come back to Jesus. Number three, I want to make sure, lift your hands high. I want to see those hands if you're one of those three people. Now what I want you to do is, if you lifted your hand, I want you to come to the front. I would like to pray for you. Come on, and I want you, the people in the seats to give the Lord a great hand for people coming to Jesus today.
You can do better than that. Come on. The Bible says when one soul comes to Jesus, when one soul comes to the Lord, heaven is rejoicing. Come on. Somebody's mother, somebody's father, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle is getting saved. Give Jesus a great shout of praise. Come on. Come on. I want the church to stand to their feet quickly. Come on. The rest of the church. Now let me say this again. Somebody's mother is getting saved here. It could have been your mother. I want you to clap like it's your mother. I want you to clap like it's your sister. Now I want to ask the whole church to stretch out your hands towards the people in the front. You in the front, just lift your hands with me. Close your eyes all across this place. You see, this is a moment that will be written down in eternity. Anything in this life that you've done up to now never mattered. It's what you did right now, what you're about to do right now. This, this is the thing, people, we can't take buildings to heaven. We can't take stuff to heaven, but we can take people. And this is the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. This is the heartbeat of the Father, His souls. Now I want to ask everybody, every eye closed, every hand raised. As you have come out, I want to tell you that you've made the greatest decision of your life. Today Jesus steps in. You know what they feed the church world? If, when you give your life to Jesus, everything is smooth sailing. When everything is not smooth sailing when you give your life to the Lord, but He promises you victory. Satan hates it when people come to Jesus, just very softly. Satan hates when you give your life to Jesus Christ. But who cares? Jesus says, I have given you the authority, the victory and the power. So your life will never be the same again. What I want you to do is I don't want you to pray this prayer from your mind. I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. And I want to ask the whole church, let's pray this together. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you in the name of Jesus. I confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and my sickness. I believe your blood has broken the power of darkness over my life. So today, I accept you publicly in front of these people and in front of your angels. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. Come into my heart. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, right now, I make a vow from this moment. I'm going to serve you in spirit and in truth. Now, Father, I ask you that you will seal them with your Holy Spirit. Your Word says, your Word says this, that you'll give the Holy Spirit as a guarantee to our salvation. I thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you will come and live on the inside of them. That you will remind them continuously of their righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you set your people on fire. That these people will become people that is on fire for the Lord. I keep hearing this. There's a person in this place with terminal sickness that the Lord is going to heal. I believe that with all of my heart. Now, Lord, I ask you, seal these people with your love. In the name of Jesus. As every eye is closed, you can't grow at your house. You can't watch 
TBN and Faith TV and think you're going to grow. You need a good church, a spirit-filled church where you can come to on a Sunday and whatever time they have and grow together in the Lord. And if you're not part of this church, this is a good church. You can come here and grow and walk in the Lord. Now, yes, I want to do this. I want to just lay my hands on each one of them, guys. Let's start from this side quickly. I thank you for your anointing on your people, Lord, that you seal them with your power and your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for peace. It surpasses all understanding. I thank you for your provision and for your hand upon their life like never before. I ask you, Lord, that everything that burdens them in their heart shall break right now in the name of Jesus. That you give total peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for your hand upon them. Thank you for your power. Your word says, the Son of Man says, free is free indeed. Right now, I rebuke every negative report over this body. In Jesus' name, I break it off right now. Thank you for this family. Let the fire of God be upon them. Thank you for provision today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for provision. Thank you for your touch, your hand upon them. In the name of Christ Jesus, God, all over you. What I want the church to do is I want you to start to pray. Come on. I'm trusting God for a miracle. Give me your hands quickly. What I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. The Lord's going to touch you, we're going to run. What do you feel? That is the power of God. Whoa, glorious. Glorious. Whoa. Wow. Faith is all it takes. She got a miracle. She got a miracle. Hallelujah. When Jesus restores people's lives, what a testimony is going to come out here. She said, when she stood in front of me, I, I think I'm standing in front of you with a broken hip. No, no more broken hip. 